for joining us here in the Fifth Age. I'm Erica. And I'm Dan. Come along as we explore Tolkien's world together. You know what you're here for. Silmarillion. Totally fun without it. I don't. But for real, we are here to talk about Phoenix. In today's episode, we answer questions like, where are all the nature sounds coming from? Why is Fianor such a big deal? How mad will it make me if Dan starts giggling at the least appropriate moment possible? Very. It will make me very mad. No, don't start singing the song again. Hope you enjoy. If you can't tell from the birds, we're outside. There is a hawk hunting the field that we're next to. And about a million red-winged blackbirds, or as I like to call them, dubstep birds. And they're swallows. There's actually a red wing going after that hawk. Oh yeah, they don't like them. (laughs) So we've found a way to bring together two of Erica's favorite things, (laughs) Tolkien, and being outside. Yay! And booze, and this podcast. That's more than two things. That's four things that I love. Yeah. And we get to hang out together, too, which is one of the biggest perks of the podcast, as far as I'm concerned. That's pretty awesome. Um, So... I guess, uh, so we're outside, you're going to hear lots of noise. There's wind noise, there's going to be some road noise. we got an air conditioner upstairs. we got an air conditioner upstairs, so that constant hiss. Um, normally, I would make an effort to have sort of some sort of audio purity in the environment, and we just decided we wanted to be outside, so y'all are going to have to cope. Uh, there's no way I can edit this stuff out, I'm not going to even try. So um, hopefully the audio is good enough to keep. And if it is, it just is what it is. And you will you can let me know if you hated it or if you loved it. Or or not. Or not tell us. But yeah, we'd, we'd, I mean, we do like feedback. So if you uh, if you want to tell us how you feel about uh, the difference in audio, that's fine. Uh, I'm not going to guarantee that's going to have any influence on how we behave in the future. But <laughs> <laughs> unless you say you love it, in which case... Uh, we'll do this more. We might do this more. Because until, we, it, until it gets cold. Until it gets cold. Yeah. Okay, so um, people might wonder... Uh, what it is about Fionor that is worth discussing. Um, they also might wonder, like, why why are we talking about Fionor now? And Fionor keeps coming up in our discussions as, like, a side element. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really not just side, not just on the side. Like, he keeps coming up, like, because we're talking about Celebrimbor, because we're talking about his kids or his... Uh, <laughs> Or Celebrimbor, uh, who's his grandkid, or we're talking mm-hmm. about Madros, or we're talking about um, Elfie McElfie Pants. Yeah, Elfie McElfie Pants, who we've referred to as Elfie McElfie Pants at least once or twice on the show, and never explained why because that never made it into a cutting room floor episode or into the main episode. We just <laughs> cut that. It was like extraneous stuff. It was we weird. Decided not it was to... a weird, dumb conversation. It was. It was, it was stupid. Um, I'm surprised we didn't leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. But also, so not just that he keeps coming up. I think also he's an interesting character. Oh, he's fascinating. But it's not just that he keeps coming up. It's also that we're going to talk about Galadriel in an upcoming episode in a way that Fionor's relationship with Galadriel matters. They have a relationship. Um, Fionor (laughs) doesn't quite have the relationship that he wants. That's true. Um, So I guess uh, let's just get started by talking about background on Fenor because I think Fenor is a character well Fenor doesn't occur in the Lord of the Rings at all he's not even mentioned but the influence that Fenor had on Middle Earth is enormous absolutely and so which I had no idea about before we started talking about all the side conversations like in all the side conversations that we'd had and a lot of the conversations even that predate the podcast that we had as a result of me playing Shadow of Mordor 
Fenor kept coming up over and over and over and over because Celebrimbor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so let's just give uh, let's give everybody a little background so we can all start from the same place. We're having this conversation so that you know maybe um, I'm assuming some of you haven't read the Silmarillion. <laughs> um, I would be among those people. So <laughs> yep. yeah. So this is for you, yeah. Dan, and everybody else out there who has not read the Silmarillion and doesn't know who Fionor is. He was a major player in the First Age. The things he... He was a, a Noldorian craftsman. So he was an elf that came to Valinor and started working with an apprentice of Aeoli. Oh, so... so oh. So when, when the Noldor, Noldor elves came to Valinor, they wanted to create things. And they all kind of flocked to Aeoli because he was the... The, he's the smith god essentially right so um there's someone who studied with aule who taught fionor well was this also an elf yes oh okay yes. i was like is i'm like is sauron like a sauron was also a servant of aule oh. at first interesting before he fell and joined morgoth um so sauron is a master craftsman so he learned from Ayuli. Yes. Oh, wow. I had no idea. Yes. Um, yeah, this is going to open up all kinds wow. of interesting this stuff. this is going to be a crazy conversation. Does Does Yavanna come up in this conversation, too? Yes. Oh, cool. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'll shut up for a little bit if I possibly can do that. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, so, Fionor was a craftsman in Valinor in the First Age. And he made probably the greatest work of any elf smith which is the silmarils there are three jewels that he crafted and he put some of himself in them so they are completely unique Aeuli could not replicate them he also took light from the two trees of valinor which uh were like the sun and moon before the sun and moon existed and before the trees there were two lamps but uh Morgoth destroyed the lamps that were the first light for the, for Earth, essentially. Uh, and for that reason, he was imprisoned by the Vala. After that, Yavanna created the two trees, which gave light to Valinor after the lamps. So okay. Fionor took light from the trees and light from the sea and some fire of his own spirit. Uh, his name means spirit of fire. Uh, and he was a very reckless person, and he was very um, easily agitated. And he put some of that into the Silmarils, and they were the most beautiful jewels, and they shone with their own light. And uh, Varda, the essentially the goddess of light, hallowed them, so they were holy objects. Uh, if any anything evil touched them, they would be burned. Oh. So, like, uh, if... If an evil, a servant of evil were to touch a Silmaril, it would burn their hands. Okay. So these are the greatest work of any elf ever. And they are the reason that the Silmarillion is called what it is, because it's the story of creating the Silmarils, how they were lost, and what happened to all of them. And that's what the majority of that book is about. And that's all because of Fionor. Some of the other things Fionor did, aside from the Silmarils, because that was not the only thing he created... Uh, he created the script, the the written script for Elvish. Oh. Those are called Fionorian letters. 
or Tengwar. Um, so like the writing on the One Ring? Yes. The way that we normally see that rendered? Yes. That is Fionorian script. Ah. He created that style of writing. It's used by pretty much everybody except dwarves. Dwarves prefer something that can be carved. Right. And so they they use a harder edged rune. But Fionorian script is used... Carved into stone. Correct. Sorry. Yeah, it's a, it's a larger grain material. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fionor also created the Palantirs. So uh, the seeing stones that, like, the one Saruman has, uh, the one that... Denethor has, the one that Sauron has, those were created by Fionor. He so, made those. So was he mainly like into jewels and stuff like that? A lot of the Nolda were into jewels. Uh, they just, they liked them. They're shiny. <laughs> I mean, don't you like jewels? I do. I like yeah. shiny things. Shiny things are fun. Um, so Fionor's spirit of fire, his, his, uh, passion for everything essentially got him into a lot of trouble because uh, Morgoth had been released from prison right around the time that the Silmarils were created. He'd been in prison for destroying the light of the lamps, the first light in, middle, in, in Earth. And he started spreading rumors that Fionor's half-brother, Fingolfin, wanted to take the high kingship of the elves, which he would have been allowed to do. They were both sons of Finwë. Fionor is the elder son of Finwë from his first wife and then his second wife. He had two children as well. Whoa, 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 whoa. We have multiple wives going on? Well, the first one died. Oh, okay. She put all of her energy into Fionor, essentially, and was like, I'm done. We're okay. done here. And she, she actually went and fell asleep on a hill and never woke up. And... Uh, Finway was very upset, but he... Yeah, thought, that's, like, super sad. It sucks. Yeah, he was very upset because... And it, in the Silmarillion, it's funny because it says he's upset because he wanted to have a lot more kids. But, hmm. you know, whatever. Hmm. <laughs> you do you, man. <laughs> so, um... Anyway, so Morgoth started spread, spreading lies about his family, which he was already touchy about. And said, you know, everybody wants the Silmarils. People are going to steal the Silmarils from you. And he got very jealous and guarded of them. So that's that's a very brief, very brief. There's more. I can keep going. You want me to keep going? Yeah, well, so... There's there's more that, like, plays into what we're going to talk about. So I should probably keep going unless you have questions right now. Uh, well, well, I mean, my first question was, second, you know, mul multiple wives and Tolkien's yeah. super Catholic. So I was like, well, how does this no, happen? What does he... Died. Yeah, okay, so the first one died, so that, answer, that answers that. But, you know, wanting to have a lot of kids. Also, Fionor didn't turn out so good. Fionor caused some issues, like the destruction of a lot of stuff. So he uh, confronted his half-brother because of the lies of Morgoth, and, like, threatened him publicly with a sword. Do you think Finway having multiple wives is a reference to... It's making me think of Adam and Lilith. Oh, wow. Because yeah. it's so, and it's so similar. Like if you think about the storyline, because you have Lilith who, well, she was, a, I don't know. I don't know about the first wife of, of Finway, if she was also a strong, like independently minded woman, but that would be an interesting question to ask. But also we're still in, we're still, we have the first people. Mm -hmm. This is the, uh, not progenitor because he's not. I mean, the elves were sort of created all at once, right? The They awoke, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they, they awoke uh, simultaneously, but we're still in 
Valinor, which is effectively Eden. Well, they they actually awoke in Middle Earth and oh, came to Valinor. They were brought to Valinor by Arome. Um, they. Well, that is very interesting. Yeah. So is Valinor more like Olympus then, than Eden? Yes. But it's it's also Eden because it is this place for ages. It's a place of perfect happiness. They called it the spring, sure, but that's spring like, of Valinor. Okay. But, um, well, I guess the Elysian fields are kind of like Eden. Yeah. 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 yeah it would be like that. Yeah. And I mean, there's even a huge mountain. So there you go. Yeah. But the, the elves awoke by a lake in Middle Earth and were brought to. Oh, and the first Valinor. thing I, so I'm remembering cause I listened recently to one of the early episodes of, so you want to read Tolkien and they were talking about how the first thing the elves saw when they awoke was the stars and they heard the sounds of running water and this plays into their poetry and their speech and stuff that you hear throughout the well and that's why Lord of the Rings and that's why Varda or Elbera is their favorite Vala because the first thing they saw was stars yeah yeah and she's the she's the queen of stars so, oh, th- okay. So, I mean, I've derailed us somewhat from from this, although not terribly far afield, uh, considering where we usually end up. <laughs> no, uh, this is important stuff. I mean, did you have another aspect of that you wanted? No, to I'm just like super fascinated by this whole idea of Finway having two wives and Lilith and Eve. And his his second. I'm just I'm very curious. His second wife had two children, and they were uh, actually more calm shockingly um, <laughs> not shockingly than Theonor Finarfin and uh, Fingolfin and Finarfin is the father of Galadriel Fingolfin comes up later right like, Fingolfin's about to come up a lot in okay. this story um, I just remember you talking to me about him during other recording sessions oh poor Fingolfin um, Fingolfin's actually an awesome guy <laughs> hopefully that works out for him um <laughs> um I mean, he's awesome in that he challenges Morgoth to single combat, but I'm... That I'm, seems ill-advised. I'm going to let you guess how well that goes. <laughs> that seems ill-advised. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, pretty, it's pretty awesome, though. So Finway... Uh, uh, was Finway's second wife? The, by, by the way, do these women have names? Yes. Or is it like the Old Testament where like women don't have names? No, no, no. Uh, his first wife is Muriel. Okay. And she was the mother of Theonor, and then she passed away. His second wife was Indus. Okay. And Indus, uh, Indus's children were Finarfin and Fingolfin. So, Indus. Mm-hmm. Does she is she more docile? Is she more of a of a helpmeet to use a biblical turn of phrase? Um. You know, I'd have to look at that again. The honestly, the wives the wives of the elf lords are not discussed a lot. Tolkien doesn't talk about women a lot. Shocker. Right? But he does talk about Galadriel a lot. And Galadriel is the daughter of Finarfin. Okay. So she's also... I actually drew a lovely, gigantic family tree of the House of Finway, which we can post if I can get a decent photo of it. Um, it is in the back of the Silmarillion in four parts, but it's hard to correlate. And I'll be able to... Cl- hopefully correlate it better so we were talking about we're talking about Theonor we'll get back to Theonor here you were you were talking about the wives of Finway but 
Yeah, I got I got distracted by the parallel with Jewish mythology, so um, which is fascinating. Yeah, possible parallel. I assume there is one. I mean, yeah. it looks like a sort of melange of, uh, of of a few different mythologies, but certainly. If you look at Paradise Lost, Paradise Lost is a melange of Greek, Greek and um, Jewish mythology. Yeah, so. and and Tolkien was a big, he read Milton, obviously, yeah, yeah, sure. and he uh, clearly a big fan. Also, if you look at clearly a big his fan. writing, yeah. Uh, but the, we can we can get back to Fionor. I, I yeah. yeah, we can talk about this another time, maybe. Okay, so other things about Fionor that are going to become important to this conversation. Okay, have to do with. The, so he was a created a creative person, uh-huh. and that's how he's seen by a lot of people. But he also had this really negative, dark side to him, where you know he threatened his half brother in front of everybody at a party because he thought he was going to usurp the throne from him and take the Silmarils. Um, when super chill as usual, Fionor. So, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> that is the opposite of Fionor. So when the Vala discovered that. Melkor Morgoth. He's actually not called Morgoth yet. Fionor is the one that named him Morgoth. Okay. And you'll find out why in a second. Um, so the Vala found out that Melkor was spreading lies and rumors and starting to stir up trouble among the elves in Valinor. And they're like, you know what, this guy, we should have never let him out of prison. We gotta grab this guy, throw him back in. Before they could catch him, like, they weren't like hunting him down or anything but they're like you know when we see him we're, we're gonna grab him said a warrant out said a warrant out <laughs> um he so they the elves were all at a at a festival all okay. of Eleanor went to a festival because it was that time of year looking harvest moon got it okay and while they were there Morgoth went and killed Finway stole the Silmarils got his friend the giant spider on Goliant to kill and drain the two trees, which were providing light to Valinor. Okay. And then, like, got out of town. So the Vala were saying to Fionor, hey, you know, you've got the Silmarils back home, locked up in your in your castle. We can probably revive the trees if you let us break the Silmarils. And he was like, yeah, no, no, you're not doing that. This is the greatest work I've ever created. I will never give them up and uh, to anyone ever because they're mine and I made them and I love them. And then they found out that Finway was killed and the Silmarils were gone, just gone. And so he had already said no, but then he couldn't. Yeah, but then he couldn't anyway. Yeah. Yeah, but he already said no. I think that's very interesting that Tolkien writes this ethical choice in, even though it's irrelevant, right. ultimately, to the narrative. Well, it shows his character. Yeah, it sure it sure does. And um, and I think there's a note in Especially there. considering that the... Considering that light... I mean, light is important to everybody, but... Mm-hmm. You know, we're very visual creatures here, but also Middle Earth, you know, it's not like Tolkien rewrote men. This isn't like a China Mievel novel where, <laughs> where he's like created a universe where everything is totally different and yeah. you have to like try to hold on with both hands to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Um, but light is, you know, because the first thing they saw was the stars. This is like a huge 
thing for the elves uh, culturally, not just not just hey we lost these trees, but this is like well they were and the Silmarils were hallowed by Varda. Right. This is like the so you have these sacred objects. You also have sort of they're sort of the uh, at the cornerstone the the sort of idea of light and stars and everything is at the cornerstone of of elvish culture. Mm-hmm. You know and and here's this guy who's just like no this is mine. Yeah and he he also said you know there's part of me in these in these silmarils i'll never be able to create anything like this again well that's also some uh there's some shades of uh sauron there absolutely yeah and it not necessarily that it would kill him to destroy them but i'm not saying it wouldn't either um i don't know well but sauron didn't only pour himself into the ring sauron poured himself into other things as well Mm -hmm. Like horcruxes. Right, he had lots of horcruxes stashed around, so when the ring... Anyway, uh, we can get to the Sauron and horcruxes later. <laughs> That's a great In our Sauron episode. Someday. Whenever we do that. Eventually. Anyway. When Fionor discovered that Morgoth had killed his father and taken the Silmarils and left Valinor, he named Melkor Morgoth. What? Which means abhorred one. So, like, poopy head. Yeah. <laughs> He called him a he called him a name and it stuck. Kind Ew. of a nasty bully thing to do to poor Melkor. And then like everybody else calls him Morgoth, Morgoth forever. Forever, yeah. yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, but he swore an oath with his seven sons that no, no elf or Maya or Vala that that keeps the Silmaril from him or his children is safe. Why are you laughing right now? Because there's this camp song. Oh my god. <laughs> Do not right now with me. I gotta, I'm gotta. i gonna start drinking, guys. <laughs> oh, man. So. Fionor and his sons. His father, Fionor, had seven sons and seven sons had father, Fionor. <laughs> Sing along, guys. You know the song. I don't. I never went to camp. It, it's uh, Father Abraham. Oh, God. Okay. And they wouldn't laugh and they wouldn't cry. All they did was go like this. And then you can literally say anything and then everybody has to do that. Give me the Silmarils. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually like... Oh, you have to do whatever they tell you. Yeah, like it's usually... It, it becomes like a dance. Okay, I got it. As you go and, you know... Anyway. So... So, yeah, just the way you said it was the rhythm. Anyway, it just popped the song into my head. You're probably not the only person, so everybody enjoy that. Or don't. Well, that's part one. In the next part, we'll get into more of the meat of Fionor's story. We appreciate all of our subscribers and would love to hear any feedback you have. You can contact us by email at show at fifthagepodcast.com. Find us on Twitter at fifthagepodcast. Look us up on Facebook or even sign up on the fifthagepodcast.com website and leave a comment. If you want to help more people find the Fifth Age, please leave a review on iTunes or whatever platform you get the show from, or share our posts on social media. The music, as always, is provided by the amazing Dr. Turtle. You can find him on Bandcamp. Thanks for hanging out with us. See you next time.